good morning, everyone. You can open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew 13 will be in verse 44 of Matthew 13. Now, Matthew 13, verse 44, is part of a larger section of the book of Matthew that we would refer to as the third discourse of the book of Matthew. There are five discourses that we find in Matthew. The first one is the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus teaches us the ethics of the coming kingdom. The second discourse in the book of Matthew is about the mission of the kingdom. And Jesus sends out His disciples on the mission of spreading the kingdom. But then, as we know, as we've been sent out on this mission, that not everybody receives it. Not everybody receives with joy the message of the kingdom. And so His disciples come back and they ask Him, Jesus, why is it that people do not respond in the same way to the message of the kingdom. And so in his third discourse that we will be in this morning, Jesus teaches of the mystery of the kingdom through parables. You see, a mystery in the Bible isn't a detective story like Sherlock Holmes where you get some clues and if you're smart enough, you figure it out. A mystery in the Bible is a secret that God reveals to those whom He chooses. And so the disciples ask, Jesus, why are you teaching in parables? And He says, because through the parables, God is revealing to you the truth of the kingdom. And so as we turn our attention to Matthew chapter 13 in verse 44, let us have eyes to see and ears to hear the truth of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has to buy that field. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to You now in this time. And we know, O Lord, that it is of Your grace alone that we find this treasure of the Kingdom. I pray, Lord, that this morning that those who know the treasure of Christ would be filled with that joy that they had at the very beginning. And I pray, Lord, if there is any here this morning that's continuing to dig in the field of this world, searching for something that will last, that this morning the mystery of the Gospel would be revealed to them. Open up hearts, O God. And may their eyes see the treasure and enjoy go forth into this world. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Monotony. Doing the same thing every day. No hope of anything ever changing. Here in our parable is a man doing his work. 
doing the same work he has done all of his life, doing the same work that he will do for the rest of his life. All day long, that rhythmic sound of the shovel breaking the the soil, scooping it up and dumping it into a pile. Breaking, scooping, dumping. Breaking, scooping, dumping. It's not his field. It's not his choice. His grandfather worked someone else's ground. His father worked someone else's ground. And his children after him will work someone else's ground. The same thing for days, for weeks, for months, and years, and generations. Breaking, scooping, dumping. Breaking, scooping, dumping making just enough to put a roof over his head, clothes on his back, and food on his table for his family. Every day, the same thing. Breaking, scooping, dumping. And then one day, clang! What is this? Oh, it's probably just a root. It's probably just a rock. No! It is a treasure! A treasure that has been laying hidden for hundreds of years. A treasure that will change everything about this man's life. If he owned this treasure, the monotony would change. The cycle of poverty would end. His future, his children's future, his grandchildren's future and beyond would be changed forever if he could figure out a way of gaining this treasure that he has just found. What would you do to gain such freedom? What would you do to ensure that the treasure you found would become your own? The kingdom of God is like this treasure. When it breaks into your life, it changes everything. And here is the lesson that Jesus is teaching us in this parable. The kingdom of heaven is of such incalculable value that it is a joy to surrender all you have to obtain it. Hear that again. The kingdom of heaven is of such incalculable value that it is a joy to surrender all that you have to obtain it. Look again at this verse. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The third theme of the Advent season is joy. And this morning we will see that the incalculable value of the kingdom of heaven will bring joy to all who find it. Maybe this morning... You feel like you are stuck. Stuck in a rut of life. All your work is just to make it to the next day. All your money is just to pay the bills from last month. Every relationship seems draining. Despite the outward joy of the season, you feel like there's not much joy to be had. But the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. 
that once discovered interrupts the monotony of life and sets you on a path of enduring joy. This morning we're going to look at three aspects of the kingdom of heaven and there see why those who find it are willing to joyfully surrender all that they have to obtain it. Now the first reason that one would be willing to joyfully surrender all that they have to obtain the kingdom of heaven is because the kingdom of heaven means God's reign. It means God's reign. When Jesus began His public ministry, He said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is a summary of Jesus' preaching message. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. They're used interchangeably in God's Word. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is present. It is not far off. The people understood what He meant. He meant that He was coming as a king to bring the saving work of God. When God created man, He ruled over them as a gracious Lord. He provided for all their needs. But sin was a rebellion against God's kingdom. Sin was an act of war against the reign of God. It was as though our first parents said, we don't want you to rule over us, God. We can decide how to live our own lives. Like a petulant child, all of us have rebelled against the rule of God. And since that time, we have, been cut, we have become enslaved to sin. We've been born into the kingdom of darkness. We have lived under the rule of a tyrant. And we have toiled under the monotony of a broken world, day in and day out, for generations. You see, God is a good and gracious King. But we chose to live under the rule of a harsh and ruthless tyrant. And so like the man who is stuck digging in someone else's field, we are stuck toiling in the shackles of sin. And the generational cycle of sin continues. We sin and we are sinned against. We try to be free from it, but the effects of our brokenness continue to come out. Our parents were broken. We are broken. Our children are broken. There is no way to get out of this cycle on our own. But Jesus has come proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. To all those who have rebelled against the King and His rule, a pardon is being offered. Freedom is being proclaimed. Flee the kingdom of darkness and sin and come into the kingdom of light and of Christ. This is what the Apostle Paul means when he says in Colossians 1.13, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The kingdom of God is the reign of God. It is where His Word is obeyed and where His blessings abide. 
And when Jesus proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven was at hand, He was proclaiming a king is coming to set His people free from the domain of darkness. A deliverer is coming to set us free from the prison. A redeemer is coming to pay the price to release us from the chains that bind us. And to accomplish this freedom, Christ went to the cross. And by His death, He purchased release out of slavery and into freedom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Do you feel trapped? Do you feel like a slave to your sin and to weakness? Then call out to Christ. Call out to Him and joyfully surrender your citizenship of darkness for a heavenly citizenship. Give up your slavery to obtain freedom. Give up the rule of Satan to come into the kingdom of God. This is what it means to repent. This is what it means to sell all that you have to gain the treasure. To joyfully surrender sin and brokenness for obedience and blessing. And this is why the man in the field is willing to joyfully give up all that he has to gain the kingdom of God. Because he realizes that what he is selling is his slavery, his monotony, and what he is gaining is his freedom. Do you want joy this Advent season? Then hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Joyfully submit yourself to the rule of God. Too long have we sojourned in a foreign land. Too long have we been prodigals, wandering away from our Father's house of blessing. Turn around. Come home. Joyfully sell your slavery to sin to obtain the gracious blessing of God's rule. The first reason that we should be willing to joyfully sell all that we have to obtain the kingdom is because we are selling slavery to gain the freedom of God's rule. Now the second reason that one would be willing to joyfully surrender all that they have to obtain the kingdom of heaven is because it is God's treasure. It is God's treasure. It's His reign and it is His treasure. We must note that in the parable, Jesus equates the kingdom of heaven with the treasure, right? It has value. It has worth. There is something immensely worthy about the kingdom. And once this value is known, it changes everything in our lives. When Jesus came proclaiming, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was saying that the treasure of God is coming to you. And as we know, this treasure is the salvation that Christ has won for His people. Paul puts it this way, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you by His poverty might become rich. This is what we are celebrating this Advent season. The treasure of heaven has come to earth. The Lord Jesus Christ became poor. He was born into a stable so that we might become rich. 
that we might live in heaven. He gave up the wealth of heaven to be born as a man. The fullness of God emptied Himself by taking on full and true humanity. And in doing so, He offered Himself up in death so that all who come to Him in faith might have life. That is the treasure. The Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And this is why all who find the kingdom of heaven are willing to joyfully surrender all their treasure to obtain the treasure of God. Because the value and the worth of Christ is not even worth comparing to what we own. The prophet Isaiah put it this way. He said that the Lord will give you a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. You see, this is why we must be willing to joyfully surrender all of our treasure to receive the treasure of the kingdom. Because what we own is ashes. It is mourning. It is weakness. And through Christ we are being offered beauty and gladness and praise. You see, once you see your earthly goods in light of Christ, you will see that they are nothing but ashes. Moth and rust, they destroy. The thief can come in and steal. Our earthly treasures are just ash. And once you discover the kingdom, you will see the vanity of everything you account of value here on earth. This is why Paul says in Philippians 3, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Now the ESV wants to be proper and so it says rubbish. But quite literally, if you will excuse me, the Apostle Paul said it, I count them all as dung, manure. Who wouldn't joyfully sell that to gain treasure? Who wouldn't joyfully surrender all of the rubbish of this world for the beauty of Christ and His kingdom? Do you want joy this Advent season? It's not going to come from collecting more rubbish. It's not going to come from getting a bigger heap of ashes. We tend to be of the mind that joy will come when we have obtained all the world has to offer. But Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? This Advent you are being offered the treasure of God, salvation in Christ Jesus. So joyfully surrender the ashes of this world and receive the beauty of the kingdom of heaven. I think one of the points that we can get stuck on in this parable, or at least get confused about, is that once the man finds the treasure... He covers it up. He finds it and then he hides it. 
Now, I can understand within the story why he does this, right? He doesn't want anyone else to get what he has found while he goes and buys that field. He doesn't want his treasure to be found. But what does this have to do with the way that we relate to the kingdom? Right? Are we to hide the kingdom from other people? Are we to hide it under a bushel? Children? No, that's right. I'm going to let it shine. Of course we don't hide it. We are called to proclaim the kingdom. We are called to call others to the kingdom. But this is how the detail of the story relates to the overall point of the parable. While the kingdom is a treasure, it is a hidden treasure. It is a treasure that remains covered over to others even when you have found it. When the man in the story went out and joyfully sold all that he had to gain the treasure, everyone must have thought, this man's going out of his mind. This man is mad. His actions didn't make sense to the rest of the world. Why? Because the treasure remained hidden to them. To let go of your earthly treasure will look like foolishness to the world because they cannot see the treasure that you are obtaining. It reminds me of Noah. It wasn't raining when Noah started building his ark. And so I assume his friends and neighbors thought, man, this man is crazy. He gave himself over to building a boat in the middle of a valley. Why spend all the time? Why spend all your money? Why make all the effort? Why? Because the mystery of God's salvation had been revealed to Noah. He saw what others didn't see. And while a boat in the middle of a field doesn't seem like it's worth much, when the floodwaters came, its value went through the roof. And when God reveals to you the treasure of the kingdom, that is salvation in Christ, it remains hidden to others. It's not raining now, but the floodwaters are coming. And all who come to faith in Christ will be saved. Paul calls the hiddenness of the treasure the mystery of the Gospel or the mystery of Christ. And this mystery remains unknown to the world. Sin has covered over our eyes so that we cannot see it. And so that is why those who are in Christ will joyfully sell all that they have to obtain the kingdom. Because to them, the mystery of Christ has been revealed. They can see that the flood is coming. And they can see that Christ alone is the ark of salvation. Once you know that the field holds a treasure, the only logical response is to sell everything that you have to obtain that field. Now, it's important that you did not hear me say that any of us buys the treasure of heaven through selling our goods. That is not what this parable means, nor what the Bible teaches. There is no price that we can pay to receive the treasure of Christ. Nor are we all called to sell all of our possessions as Christians. 
The Lord will lead all of us in different ways. To the rich young ruler, he did say, sell all. To Zacchaeus, he said, sell half of what you own. To the Roman soldier, he said, be content with your wages. There are different calls on our lives when it comes to our earthly goods and what we give. Again, this parable is not teaching us that we have to sell all of our stuff to be saved. Rather, it is teaching us that Christ is of such immense value that anything that gets in the way of knowing Him must be joyfully abandoned. Whether it be money or relationships or a job or practices, any sin that is in our life, anything that would interfere with knowing Christ must be relinquished joyfully. You see, salvation in Christ is completely of grace. It costs us absolutely nothing. The man in the field did nothing to add value to the treasure that he found. And we do nothing to add value to the salvation we receive in Christ. It remains hidden until the Lord graciously reveals it to us. And once we see it, then we joyfully let go of our ashes to gain His beauty. Do you desire the joy of this Advent season? Then may your eyes be open to see the immense value and beauty of the Kingdom. And may your hand be opened to joyfully release what is ever keeping you from the incalculable value of Christ so that you might repent and receive the kingdom of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to You now at this time asking that You would open our eyes Lord, there are many here who have found the treasure of Christ. Their eyes have been opened. You have revealed to them in Your grace His beauty. But our sight has been clouded. And we have forgotten the joy of our salvation. We pray, O Lord, that this day we would be reminded yet again. Lord, and there are those among us who are still just digging in a field, trying to find something that will last, something of value, some way to break the cycle of sin and brokenness in their lives. Oh God, may Your Word this morning break into their lives and reveal to them the mystery of the Kingdom. Salvation in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's through His holy name that we do pray. Amen.